Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. What exactly did they do? Uh, well, they cheapened the meaning of uh, impeachment. Um, they Even continue more? to shred the Constitution, um, and I, I think they made themselves look very foolish, as even the Senate Republicans are conceding this morning, the ones you bump into or talk to. Um, you know, the, the impeachment is an extraordinary remedy for a president or another high official who engages in treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors against the republic it's not uh, a tool for trying to settle policy differences if a guy doesn't do his job how is that not a misdemeanor he's failing america people are dying because mayorkas isn't doing his job i can make this argument i know that there are other people out there who question whether or not the argument can be made i think it is a rather simple one but i don't listen to jamie raskin tell me how i can make the argument a guy who questioned whether or not Trump was allowed to be president in 2016, who then sat as an impeachment manager, you want to talk about abusing the system, is now going to talk about cheapening things? Oh, holy hell. It's a lot of low. It's a lot of low. I just don't know who this story grabs, right? When Raskin says this to Tamika Brzezinski on MSNBC, does it really grab a, a, a big audience? You take a look at the special election, which I'm going to get into. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. And if I sound a little weird, it's a cold. That's all it is. The special election had the Democrat winning the seat that used to be held by George Santos, the liar and the fraud who got kicked out of the House. First, Republicans kick people out, but Democrats never do. Ilhan Omar, that Jew-hating bigot, is still there. Rashida Tlaib, that Jew-hating bigot, is still there. Adam Schiff, who lied morning, noon, and night about Russia, 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 is still there. They never do anything. It's a lesson for the Republican Party. Just like it's a lesson to go forward with impeachment. Oh, he's not going to get removed. That's too bad. But they had to see that the Republicans were willing to do it. They had to see that it was on the table, and they didn't get to decide, oh, you're not being serious. Oh, you're shredding the Constitution. Sit down and be quiet. Don't you know you're terrible, Jamie Raskin? When you do it, it's honorable. When Republicans do it, it is the crime of the century. This is the argument that gets made constantly. How is it effective? Yet somehow it's effective. And part of the problem is no one ever told Jamie Raskin to shut the hell up. That is part of the problem. No member of Congress ever said, why don't you shut the hell up? He's there on, on, in the Capitol engaged in this conversation. A Republican should walk by and say, why don't you shut the hell up and just keep walking? Or 
Get into the verbal altercation with them right there. You have to confront these animals where they are. These power-hungry fiends, if you don't like the use of the word animal, oh, you're dehumanizing people. These are the same people who will tell you that Joe Biden is fine, just fine, no problems whatsoever. Oh my gosh, he's so incredibly sharp. President Biden, you know, regularly, off sometimes several times in a week, or usually several times in a week. His mental acuity is great. It's fine. It's as good as it's been over the years. I've been speaking to him for 30 years since we worked on the Brady Bill and the assault weapons ban when I was a young congressman. <laughs> um, and um, he's, he's, he's fine. All this right-wing propaganda that his mental acuity has declined is wrong. He's going to win the election. It's right-wing propaganda to notice that he can't complete a, complete a sentence? It's right-wing propaganda in, in, in the special counsel's report? Well, the special counsel's not a neurologist. He can't make these determinations. He can share what he noted and the reasons why he didn't bring charges. Anybody who says Joe Biden is fine is lying. So when I talk about power hungry. Age is his age, yes. I'll tell you this, though. I've worked with the president for a long time, especially closely as speaker when he was president and now since then. And he knows. I mean, he He's always on the ball. He knows these issues. He knows the legislation. He helped write some of it. He campaigned on it. He remembers it. Uh, anyone who would uh, think that they're at some advantage because of his age uh, uh, thinks that at their peril because he's very sh- sure. That is a dereliction of duty. And that's exactly what Alejandro Mayorkas is guilty of, in my view. I have no problem with the impeachment whatsoever. And Democrats need to see, yep, this can happen to you too. Now, do we want to use impeachment as this kind of tit-for-tat tool? Are, are, are you sure we're going to stop doing this craziness? Because we'll keep going. There is a lesson to be learned here. But for Speaker Mike Johnson, eh, he's got a little bit more. What does the impeachment bring? What does it do? Does it bring in more fundraising opportunities? Is it something that you can now campaign on? Does it actually help you in some level of primary or general election? And then you take a look at the other thing he has to deal with, which is, of course, this legislation through the Senate This 90 plus billion dollars for Ukraine, for Israel, for Taiwan, etc. Where you've got the president of the United States saying, you absolutely have to pass this. You got to get this passed. And then while the president is putting the pressure on Mike Johnson, speaker, he goes into a full Trump screed. But in recent days, those stakes have risen. And that's because the former president has sent a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. He said if an ally didn't spend enough money on defense, he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. Can you imagine? 
a former president of the United States saying that. The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. But if I have to, I'm going to fire some people so my son can get a whole bunch of cash and I can get 10%. Where's the 15%? I don't remember. Whatever he gives me is fine, as long as there's ice cream, maybe a pudding cup. He did this in the middle of a conversation about wanting to push Speaker Johnson into voting for this. But Speaker Johnson has been clear, I'm not voting for this. And he has stated that he will not be jammed into this. The border comes first. And this was Speaker, this was Speaker Mike Johnson just earlier today. And also Valentine's Day, as has been mentioned. Um, the American people are not feeling very loved right now, though. They're not, they're not feeling heard by the Biden administration. And I'm going to recap a few of the things that we've, you've heard here this morning already. First of all, regarding this fitness for office of the president. Americans have been speaking out about the president's mental acuity and the double standards within his Justice Department. On Thursday, as you know, the special counsel confirmed that President Biden mishandled classified materials in a way that presented serious risk to national security. He broke the law, but he's not going to be charged. Why is that? Well, special counsel said that it decided not to indict the president in part because there are significant limitations on his memory and a jury wouldn't convict him because he would be presented as, quote, an elderly man with a poor memory. That, that did not inspire confidence among the American people. It's of great concern to us. Ultimately, they're indicting, remember now, the DOJ is indicting one president with politically motivated charges, and they are now carrying the water for another amid very similar allegations. A man too incapable of being held accountable for mishandling classified information is certainly unfit for the Oval Office. And everyone in this room, if you just ask yourself that question, you will come to the same conclusion. On energy, this isn't the only issue, you know, that the Biden administration is facing criticism for. Americans have expressed their frustration with his attacks on energy independence. We say all the time here that energy security is national security. The two things are directly related. It's also the lifeblood of the U.S. economy in so many ways. But the president has paused pending approvals on exports of liquefied natural gas. Why? Why would he do that? It's completely counterproductive for our country, and it is dangerous. My home state of Louisiana happens to be the largest producer of America's LNG. We we try to export that around the world. But he is stalling LNG export terminals like Calcasieu Pass 2. It's nothing but a political ploy to appease radical climate activists. At great cost. It, job creators and energy producers are going to have to pause their projects. It's going to jeopardize thousands of U.S. jobs. And our partners in Europe, who were promised an alternative to Russian energy, will now have to uh, source fuel from Moscow. They're going to line Putin's pockets. If we don't send American LNG to our friends and allies in that part of the world, they will have to go to Moscow to get it. We'll have to turn energy sources that aren't as clean Our European friends and allies will turn to these sources that are not as clean. Russian gas is not as clean as U.S. gas uh, to make up for all those losses. And that's why this week the House is moving on legislation to depoliticize the LNG permitting process. I like this conversation from, from Mike Johnson, from the speaker. I think these are things that would connect with independence. What I have not been able to determine is where are they utilizing these conversations?
Where do they go out and share these conversations? And outside of Mike Johnson, who else is having these conversations in a rational way? These are things that affect voters. The vast majority of people are having conversations on the political right that involve Trump. Trump should not be the conversation at all. At all. And this is why the people backing Lara Trump for the RNC are out of their damn heads. And I'll get to that. But one of the things that Mike Johnson stated was that when it comes to this uh, this money, this aid bill, we're not going to get forced into it. It's just not going to happen. Regarding the border, you know... <laughs> Talk about the American people not being listened to. They are crying out to the Biden administration to secure the border. This is not a Republican issue. It's an issue for every single person, and everybody knows it. We know the stories of children being poisoned by fentanyl and cities being overwhelmed by migrant surges. We know House Republicans have shown that we are listening to and, and, and holding the administration accountable for this catastrophe. We're listening to the people. We're taking action to hold Biden accountable. Last night, the House voted to approve articles of impeachment against Secretary Mayorkas. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We had to do that. He has abdicated his responsibility, he's breached the public trust, and he's disregarded the laws Congress has passed. But, but much more has to be done, of course, to secure the border. And what the Senate produced this week is silent on that issue. Senator McConnell and I have spoken about this in frank sessions, and let me be clear here again this morning. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington to start showing some love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. You need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart. With that, I'll take... I think that he is absolutely correct there that the border will come first, and he is also in a place that if he should somehow vote on aid to Ukraine or Israel, which I support aid to both places, without a border deal, his days as speaker are over, finished, done. It'll happen quick, super quick. So Biden can pressure all he wants And, of course, Biden can't even stay on track. He's going to talk about Trump as well. These people can't stop talking about Trump. America doesn't care. They care about their 401k. They care about the price of eggs. They care about a future. They want their life to be a little easier. And everybody else is involved in this weird idol worship freak show. And honestly, I think it's a bunch of crap. Speaker Johnson is doing everything right. The question is, can he turn it into donations and can he turn it into electoral victories? I'm Tony Katz and this is Tony Katz Today. from Congressman Mike Turner that is turning heads. It's being discussed with Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, in the White House briefing. Mike Turner, Congressman from the 10th District of Ohio. 
and he is the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. This is the statement in full. This came out less than an hour ago on, what's today, on Wednesday. Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. That's all it says. I have absolutely no idea what's happening here. I'll tell you this. That's the kind of language that makes anybody from the most seasoned guy in the Pentagon to the layman on the street corner say, I'm sorry, what did he just say? That is a statement that somehow, somewhere, and one now has to, your imagination can flow, whether it's in the United States or elsewhere, there is a threat that will do harm, that will do damage, that will lead to death. That's the only way you can think about this. We don't know what that is yet. Jake Sullivan would not comment on it from the podium, the National Security Advisor. He's talking about other things right now, engaged in other conversations. Elements of the bill that we have supported that would reform and update FISA to protect the civil liberties of Americans, but a warrant requirement from our perspective would go too far in undermining the very purpose of FISA, and frankly, it would put victims at risk. Also yeah. on TikTok, sir, uh, just as the National Security Advisor, is it at all problematic for the president's campaign to be using a platform uh, that is deemed a national security threat? Is, that, is there a risk that mixed messaging here could be a problem? I, I'm not going to deal with campaign questions here. All I will say... He doesn't have to deal with campaign questions. Anything about FISA and whether or not the courts are utilized or the tools are utilized to surveil Americans, if they are, they have to stop. And if that means your job is tougher, I don't care. But this is going to be the conversation. Uh, Congressman Jim Banks is scheduled to be with us coming up from the Indiana 3rd District. We are going to ask him specifically about this. We're also going to get the update on the impeachment of Mayorkas, uh, what's going to happen in, in the Senate. And how how do, does the House now start getting victories from this? So we will address that with them. This is all I have right now. All I have on this conversation, this statement from Mike Turner, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. If you wanted to just, you know, sound a starting pistol, well, you've done it. This is all anybody is going to think of. This is all anybody is going to discuss. What in the world does he mean by this? But we do have other subjects. Like if you want to remove the Biden administration from power, can you win? And should it all be about the president? Or can we agree that maybe winning the Senate 
and winning the House have a value because they do. They really do. Congressman Jim Banks scheduled to join us next. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Become a supporter. I'd greatly appreciate it if you did. TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today. use of white uh, phosphorus by Israel on a recent attack in Lebanon? I mean, we look at reports that happen in all conflict situations all around the world. That's part of what we do to ensure our own compliance with international obligations. But I can't confirm any particular formal review of uh, the kind that you're referring to. That's Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor. It's kind of fascinating that... Biden's team still does have conversations speaking about, hey, just because this claim is made about Israel in its war with Hamas, this terrorist organization, doesn't make it true. You have John Kirby discussing Israel going to great lengths to not kill civilians. And then you've got President Biden saying that Israel is over the top. The mixed messaging is massive. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Congressman Jim Banks joins me right now. He is from the Indiana 3rd District. That's the Fort Wayne area. Serves on the House Committee on Armed Services, Education and the Workforce, and the Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. There's a series of things that I'd like to get to with you, sir. But the first, even though it has just come out, This statement from Congressman Mike Turner, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, stating uh, that the committee has made available to all members information concerning a serious national security threat and that he is asking President Biden to declassify everything related to it so the administration, allies, and others in Congress can have a conversation and figure out how to respond. Is there anything you know about this that you could share with us? Well, it, uh, first and foremost, it's classified. We've been invited to go into the SCIF and review it, which I'll be doing later today. Uh, I don't know more. I don't know more than that. I know uh, Chairman Turner, Chairman of the Intelligence Committee, uh, is um, on the front lines of reauthorizing FISA, and that's a debate that we're having in Congress. I believe FISA needs to be significantly reformed uh, to uh, prevent from. Uh, those uh, laws being politicized in a way that they have over the last few years. But I, I don't know yet what the what the classified information that they are making available to members of Congress is, because I haven't seen it yet, but I will later today. But I, be, be, being classified is hard to hard to talk about it at this point. I believe the term that he utilized was to to declassify all the information. That's why I asked about it. But if if you have not yet seen it, you are going to be seeing it later today. That's right. Uh, we'll, we'll go see it later today. He's calling on the president to declassify it. The president has the, the power to do that. Uh, Congress doesn't. So if President Biden declassifies it, then it can be made read, readily available to the public. Obviously, if, if Mike Turner, uh, the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, 
believes that this is something that's really significant that members of Congress should see that could guide our decision-making about issues related to FISA or national security, all members of Congress should make time today to go see it. So what he's making available is the classified information that you would have to go to a skip for a specialized compartmented information uh, facility. These are the kinds of documents that Joe Biden had at his home in Delaware and no charges uh, being brought uh, against him. I will get uh, to that. But this does lead us to the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. It took two uh, bites at the apple to get this done, 214 to 213 vote, the first cabinet member uh, to be impeached, I think, since the 1870s. Was this about Mayorkas, or was this about we can't get to Biden, we can't get away with that one, so this will do? Well, the buck stops with Joe Biden, and I voted yesterday, I voted last week to impeach Mayorkas. He deserves to be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors and aiding and abetting a foreign invasion of our country. But I do, I do agree, Tony, that it, for all the reasons that we're impeaching Mayorkas, we should be impeaching Joe Biden for those reasons, plus the corruption of his family, the abuse of his powers, using the FBI to cover up information about his son's crimes, um, all of the foreign entanglements that the Biden family has with the money that they've taken through Hunter and, and his activities. So my, my hope is that now we move into now that the Mayorkas impeachment is over, we move into the serious, the more serious matter, and that's impeaching Joe Biden, the most corrupt president we've ever had in American history. We all understand that this is not going to move forward in the Senate where the trial takes place. The Senate is not going to remove him. And you have people like Congressman Jamie Raskin saying that this is the shredding of the Constitution. Those were uh, his words. And uh, that uh, the, the Republicans are simply unserious when they bring about these kinds of moves. Is this political? Or is this is, is it your belief that the American people, independents, moderates, the suburban soccer mom, et cetera, see this as something that he should be held uh, accountable for? Yeah, the, the, very, the very nature of, of all people, Jamie Raskin, making a claim like that when he was on the front lines of both of the Trump impeachments and the sham January 6th committee. I mean, the guy is a political clown. But put that aside, the open border at our southern border is the biggest issue affecting um, our nation today. And you have Joe Biden, Mayorkas, and this administration circumventing the rule of law, 10 million illegals invading our country, preventing the state of Texas from securing their own state border from this foreign invasion, drugs, crime, everything that's coming with it that will impact our country for a generation to come. So uh, the the seriousness of this issue and the, the fact that the House impeached Mayorkas, the trial in the Senate is mandatory. And this, I think this is a really important part of it, both for Mayorkas and when we move forward with impeaching Joe Biden, have the public hearing to present the facts in the United States Senate. And uh, I, there, there's going to be a lot of egg on the faces of those Democrats who voted to impeach Trump, but don't vote to impeach Mayorkas or even more importantly, Joe Biden in the future after that public trial makes all of these facts readily available to the public. I think that's the that's the really important part of it. The transparency of these hearings in the Senate are so important as we talk about how how we have to move forward to secure our country, secure our border and clean up the mess of the Biden administration. 
Allow me to push back just for a moment, sir. Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, candidate for Senate, Republican candidate in the state of Indiana. What egg, what face? I've watched the Democratic Party move uh, for years. They don't ever get embarrassed by anything. Adam Schiff stated that he had the information cold about things Donald Trump was doing with Russia and never presented it. And that man, sir, still has his committee assignments. Isn't the egg on the face of Republicans who let people like uh, like Adam Schiff, who let people uh, like bigot Rashida Tlaib or bigot Ilhan Omar continue on committees? Your uh, ire with the Republican Party is well-deserved, but the public hearing in the Senate uh, uh, over both Mayorkas and Biden, I think, are very very important for the American people to see it. You can't can't censor that. It's public and transparent in a way that uh, all of of this hasn't been, as the mainstream media covers up for Joe Biden, as they censored everything from the Hunter Biden laptop to— the abuses of power since Joe Biden has been in office and what they've done to destroy this country by opening the border, that all becomes part of the public debate in a, in a hearing before the Senate. And I think it'll be, you know, of, of course, I'm not naive about this. The D- Democrats protect their own. They're not going to remove Mayorkas or remove Joe Biden. But at least they have to have a debate, a hearing about it, and they have to vote on it. And that's entered into the public record as we um, as this as this country recognizes that we can't afford um, another year of Joe Biden, let alone another four years of the mess that they've created in this country. But I, I get it. I mean, your 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 frustration with the Republican Party, which has once again last night proven itself to be the stupid party, giving away yet another a seat in our majority to the Democrats after ousting George Santos, a big change of, of precedence in American history to oust a guy who wasn't even who still yet today hasn't even been convicted of a crime. And we gave his seat away to Democrats because a few uh, New York Republicans couldn't explain why the guy was serving in Congress alongside them. Um, Of course, that that just, I mean, I I understand your frustration, your ire with the Republican Party. It's well-deserved. But those public transparent hearings about Mayorkas and Biden, those impeachment hearings, I think are very important. But this is this is really the conversation, sir. How does this turn into winning? When you talk about George Santos being removed and Democrats never remove anybody, and then you have the former congressman uh, in in that area of New York, Democrat Tom Susie, uh, winning the seat, a very very close race. Um, you know, uh, you have Speaker Johnson saying, hey, they spent $15 million. They had a known name. We had no, someone you never heard of before, and we made them spend money. This isn't the worst thing in the world. But it is a pretty bad thing. When we take a look at the impeachment of Mayorkas, has there been a conversation, a real political conversation of, here's how it hurts us, here's how it helps us, is this the best decision to make? Uh, I believe it's important. I, I, I believe that uh, politically and for the sake of our country, impeaching the cabinet secretary who is most responsible for destroying this country with a wide open border, that's a that's a... Uh, a, 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 pre, a, a well, uh, well, well precedented vote that we cast last night to to impeach him, but that trial and that public, very public hearing in the Senate that will get a lot of attention over what's going on there. I, I, just, I just think it's really important, Tony, and, and do and the same with President Biden. The reason that we have to impeach President Biden is that so no president in the future can ever look back and say Joe Biden got a, got away with that type of corruption 
with his family profiting from our foreign adversaries selling access to his dad, the senator, vice president, president of the United States of America. There, there needs to be a marker planted in the ground and say, that's wrong, that's corrupt, that shouldn't happen, and that's why we should impeach him for it. Let me uh, move a little bit to the words of Speaker Mike Johnson. Humanize Mike. Sorry about that. Uh, Speaker Mike Johnson stating quite clearly that when it comes to the Senate aid package, the 90-plus billion dollars for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, he will not be jammed into voting for this thing. Disregarded the laws Congress has passed. But, but much more has to be done, of course, to secure the border. And what the Senate produced this week is silent on that issue. Senator McConnell and I have spoken about this in frank sessions, and let me be clear here again this morning. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington to start showing some love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. You need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart. So he's saying that the $95 billion passed by the Senate Aid that I'm in favor of, because I do believe in supporting Ukraine with bullets. I do believe in supporting uh, uh, Israel with, with, with missiles. I just don't think that this should be looked at as a jobs package. And when Democrats do that, like Representative Crow and others, I find it despicable. But you're, he is saying that the House will not vote on this until there is border legislation. Am I hearing him correctly? Yes, and I, I, I couldn't be happier with uh, Mike Johnson's leadership on this on this note. No more money for Ukraine, and you can I, I understand your position on Ukraine, Tony, but it betrays the American people when we have a wide open southern border. We haven't funded the wall, we haven't secured the border, but now we're in the hundreds of billions of dollars that we've sent to Ukraine to take care of their those issues without taking care of our own. And and Mike Johnson is unequivocal in it and and house republican majority we stand we we stand on the side of the speaker with securing the border first before we focus on the ukraine issue this this bill that passed out of the senate is 62.3 billion dollars for ukraine uh, out of the 95 billion not a cent for our own southern border another 14 billion dollars for israel which is really important and the house has passed aid to israel over to the senate they haven't taken it up with offsets to to pay for it um, because they 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 are so religiously focused on Ukraine without focusing on putting America first, bankrupting our own country without securing our own border, and the House Republican the House Republican majority even at this point with a two seat Republican majority, we stand unified and firmly against those efforts to uh, that, that that don't do anything for America but help uh, other countries instead. Before I, I let you go, sir, uh, a question about your Senate race. You're a candidate for Senate in the state of Indiana, a Republican, uh, and you're, you want to be the Republican nominee. And there's been a very large back and forth about somebody running against you and whether they can be on the ballot. Uh, John Rust and whether he has actual eligibility and it's in front of the, the Indiana Supreme Court uh, right now. Uh, regardless, uh, there are ads that run on my home radio station, WIBC in Indianapolis, that specifically discussed the border 
And from those ads, you would think that you, Jim Banks, are personally driving illegal immigrants across the border and teaching them how to destroy America and giving Trump the finger on the wall. This is... Go ahead. No, you go ahead, sir. These ads are completely false. And the more people will learn about John Rust, my a prospective opponent, the more they won't buy into anything the guy says. I mean, they're, they're complete lies. I mean, I, this is the reason that Donald Trump has endorsed me over him and told him to, to back off and, and quit using his names and ads because John Russ is a lifelong Democrat. He voted for Obama-Biden. He, he's, he's not a, a Republican conservative uh, fighter for our country. He's been on the side of the Democrats for most of his life. And that's why he wasn't – that's why he had to sue the state – to strike down the laws to be eligible to get his name on the ballot because he's a Democrat. Um, he should be running as a Democrat, not a Republican. So my, my record speaks for itself, strong on the border, strong on national security, strong fiscal conservative pro-life uh, leadership in the House of Representatives. I led the largest conservative caucus in the House, and I'm running for the Senate because the Senate needs more conservatives who are going to put America first and uh, fight for this country, put, put the interests of this country over the interests of other countries around the world. That's what I'm, what, I'm going to do when I get to the Senate and fight alongside uh, President Trump to get it done. Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Day, oh, go fall in love, kitten. Honestly, uh, to, to, to quote Doug Judy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, take the time to smush. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What? Like, guy can't quote the Pontiac Bandit? What are you even talking crazy for? Uh, I am... Uh, uh, a, a guy who uh, believes that, you know, there there's no nothing wrong with Valentine's Day. There is, however, massive levels of overreaction to Valentine's Day. And if you're somebody who ranks the relationship based on the gift giving for Valentine's Day, I make the argument that you're somebody not to be in a relationship with. It's my argument. If it matters to you, that you are getting this and that and the, 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 the jewelry has to be a certain size a certain amount of money has to be spent yeah you're 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 absolutely the person I do not want to spend Valentine's Day with people go way overboard nothing wrong with a gift there's something wrong with thinking that you need a day to actually prove your love I'm Tony Katz the heartland and the crossroads of america it's tony katz today
House Republicans are still at it right now, siding with Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin, and Tehran against our defense, industrial base, against NATO, against Ukraine, against our interests in the Indo-Pacific. Did you just say siding with Iran? Did she just say siding with Iran? First, no one is siding with Russia when it's a conversation about not sending aid to Ukraine. And I say this as somebody who believes in sending money to Ukraine. The people who say Ukraine's not our fight are wrong. The people who don't understand that Russia is a power that is interested in expansion are wrong. Tucker's wrong. It's just wrong. The history is as clear as day. Why do you think Vladimir Putin discusses people coming back to the motherland? Why do you think he discusses this entire... Do you think this invasion of Ukraine is really about defeating Nazis? It's about babies! You've got the Donbass, you've got these areas that are ethnically Russian. You can go about creating more Russians because you don't have a population. The population of Russia is dying by the hour. A nation with no people is not a nation. A flute with no holes is not a flute, and a donut with no holes is a Danish. These are the things we know. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. But Corinne Jean-Pierre, this incompetent woman, she's incompetent, ladies and gentlemen. She got the job because of the boxes she checked and not because of the skill set. That is obvious. And anybody wants to say otherwise, you say anything you want, Boo Bear. You're a fraud if you will not look right at her and recognize she can't do this job. That's why John Kirby gets the promotion. That's why you see Jake Sullivan at these briefings. She can't do it. But you're going to say of this administration that amongst its first things, its first actions, was to recommit us to the JCPOA? The Iran nuclear deal, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, siding with Iran? You are the party that wants Israel to disappear. Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Andre Carson, Jamal Bowman, Ocasio-Cortez, and more. Never mind that bigot, Senator Chris Van Hollen, holy hell, has not found a way to go through a day without saying, well, you know, Israel's guilty of war crimes. Well, what about Hamas? Eh, Israel's guilty of war crimes. By the way, I'm going to Israel. I leave in two weeks. I will be there for eight days, nine days. I will be uh, to the north, to the south, to the center. I will be talking to people, seeing things, and reporting back. Uh, there will be more video, more audio. Uh, I, I can't yet guarantee a broadcast. I haven't been able to figure that one out. Timing versus locations versus uh, internet, etc. But content and sharing it, and oh yeah, I'm going to share it all. It is this administration that sides with Iran. It was the Obama administration that sided with Iran. And to say that Republicans are siding with Putin and Iran, how do I not have 100 members of the House and the Senate standing up and saying, we're not going to take this crap from this woman? Joe Biden, I don't know who the hell you think you are, but that's over. 
I don't think they should let the guy talk during the State of the Union. Oh, absolutely. There is such a thing as a bridge too far. Republicans siding with Iran? Go to hell. That's nuts. You're the people who created an entire echo chamber. An entire echo chamber of reporters to be able to push the Iran nuclear deal. This is what happened. You said, hey, we need to have this written. So reporters, desperate for the love of insiders in the Obama administration, wrote the stories, and then the administration used the stories to say, see, this is what's happening. Despicable. Despicable, despicable people. On this, I, I, I will not accept. I will not accept. Cringe on Pierre is terrible what she does. She's a terrible, terrible person. Iran, she should she should suffer the consequences for making for, for stating that. She should suffer the consequences. There should be demands that Biden fire her. Well, Tony, you're reacting to this so clearly. She hit a nerve. She's a lying fraud. And I don't think the color of your skin or your sexual orientation makes you qualified for anything. I think being qualified makes one qualified. She is not qualified. She checks boxes. These are different things. I was going to jump in on the special election conversation. And of course, I am keeping my eye on what it is the House Intelligence Committee has said. This, 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 this post from Mike Turner, chairman of the House Intel Committee. Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Now, there's been a lot, a lot of talk, a lot of talk about what this refers to. Because if you want to send out a post that was built to scare the hell out of everybody, this is it. This is that, this is cryptic and frightening and what does this mean? And are we, are, are, are we under threat? All I know is everybody tonight's going to be filling their gas, uh, filling their car with gas, getting a little extra cash out of the bank because when you hear about these things, you're like, oh, get ready. What we're hearing is that um, there is a conversation, and I have this from a, a worthy source, uh, and you're seeing things posted on X, and, and again, from what I consider to be worthy sources, this is about Russian production capacity and Intel suggesting a, cha- a challenge to NATO. The idea that Russia isn't going to challenge NATO, that Russia doesn't have expansionist desires. I'm sorry, that's just not in any way factual. 
Of course, Russia has these desires. As I have discussed, I find it interesting that we're hearing this now. What, 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 what happened now? I had asked the question, you know, about the timing. And some people are like, well, this could certainly have to do with the supplemental that's in front of the House right now, the, the $95 billion, including $60 billion for Ukraine, as a way of applying pressure because look what Russia's doing. They're on the move. They're doing this. They're doing that. I had questioned whether this had anything to do with Tucker Carlson's interview. People I have spoken to have kind of tamped that down. Because Tucker Carlson's interview, which there's been a lot made of that, it has, it it engages this conversation that somehow Russia isn't trying to do these things. That, of course, is just not true. I'd have this debate with Tucker or anybody else anytime. But one of the things that took place uh, yesterday was, of course, the special election in New York, where Tom Suzy, S-U-O-Z-Z-I, won the seat that was vacated by George Santos. So the Republican George Santos gets thrown out, and the former Democratic Congressman Tom Suzy wins the seat. What exactly do Republicans think they're doing? What work do Republicans actually think they're doing? When does the winning begin? Or is there simply no paying attention to House races? Who cares about the House and who cares about the Senate? This is Lara Trump on uh, Newsmax with Rob Schmidt. And uh, she, uh, her father-in-law, President Trump, says she should be the RNC co-chair and is nominating her. She is on Newsmax talking about it in her own words needs to change at the committee to make this party more competitive because I think after 2022 with those midterms when that went the way it did as hated as Joe Biden was I think we all realize we have a huge problem in the party what needs to change and 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 if you get the job what can you do yeah, well, listen, we need to be playing chess and not checkers, and, and that's exactly what we've been doing, unfortunately. And as you just pointed out, the Democrats have been playing a completely different game. We need to catch up, and we need to outdo them at that game. We better have, at the Republican National Committee, a ground game operation the likes of which this country has never seen. We better be doing voter registration in record numbers. We also better be doing legal ballot harvesting all across this country because those are things the Democrats always outdo us on. And let's face it, Rob, we better start telling people to go vote early. We have this notion that it would be nice if we had one day of voting. I would love that. You would probably love that. We'd love to give people the day off of work and we'd love to have paper ballots. We don't have it right now. So we need to bank enough votes going into election day that we aren't trying to play catch up that day. We know things happen. Look at what happened in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Here's what I can tell you. The RNC needs to be the leanest, most lethal political fighting machine we've ever seen in American history. That is the goal over the next nine and a half months. If I am elected to this position, I can assure you there will not be any more $70,000 
or whatever exorbitant amount of money it was spent mm -hmm. on flowers. Every single penny will go to the number one and the only job of the RNC. That is electing Donald J. Trump as president of the United States and saving this country. We have no time to waste. We've got to yeah. get to work. We've got a lot of money to raise. And we need to ensure that every penny goes to those things that I just mentioned. Otherwise, you you're right. In perpetuity, the Democrats are going to beat us. Yeah. Now, she's right that the Republican Party is the party, uh, as I've described it, the party of stupid. And they were spending on nonsense. The reporting from Jennifer Van Lahr over at Red State about what the RNC was spending on, it's, it's nutty. Flowers? Like $70,000 for flowers? Whew. All I know is if you can get to be a consultant, you're going to make sweet cash and you never actually have to bring a result. And Laura Trump was right. We need a ground game. And Laura Trump was right. We need to get out there and win elections. And Laura Trump is right that if they bar ballot harvest, we have to ballot harvest. And if they early vote, we need to early vote. And if they ballot cure, we need to ballot cure. Of course, we should have paper ballots. And, and we should all be voting on one day, a 24-hour period. You've heard me say this many, many times. But then she ends with a pay no attention to what I just said statement. Money it was spent mm -hmm. on flowers. Every single penny will go to the number one and the only job of the RNC. That is electing Donald J. Trump as president of the United States. That isn't the only job of the RNC. As a matter of fact, that is to tell me you don't understand the job of the RNC. That's not it. To get your father-in-law elected? That's not it. So Laura Trump just proved to me that she is absolutely not the person for this gig. The job of the RNC is to challenge in every election and engage the winning. Get out the vote efforts, getting the dollars where they need to, fundraising like crazy. That's the, that's the job. It's not about getting Trump elected. As something that's just, that's it? There is nothing else? If we don't win the presidency, could I at least keep the House and win the Senate? Wouldn't that be nice? Shouldn't we plan for that? Shouldn't we address that? Who's addressing that? If the only thing you can think about is Trump, 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 Trump. He's not the only thing that matters. Could we please start playing, if you want to talk about chess, a level of chess? It's all Trump, nothing but Trump is a game of checkers where you only have one checker. It's a ridiculous concept. And I wouldn't put Lara Trump near any position of leadership if this is the way she's going to talk. What a mistake. But I shouldn't just blame her. This is the problem. The biggest problem of the populist is that it's all about Trump all the time. And I'm here to tell you, it's rarely about Trump any of the time. It's about policy that works. It's about getting government out of my way and off my ass and off yours. That's what it's about. It's about a reduction of taxation. It's about a reduction of regulation. It's about recognizing that borders do matter and we have a job to do in keeping the country safe. And Americans come first. 
And that happens through policy that comes to the House and the Senate. Oh, all the members of Congress are the same. Both parties are the same. Clearly, that's not true. That's what's said by small-minded people who don't want to actually have to do the work. You know how many people tell me? I've literally had to kind of block people. Okay, it's 900 phone calls a day, man. You got to get a hobby. See, nobody cares whether you like Trump, Tony. No one cares whether you're going to vote for Trump. If he's the nominee, I'm going to vote for him. I've only said so a million times, but whatever. What are we going to do about the election? They got the election rigged. Why the hell are you looking at me? What is the RNC going to do? What is the RNC going to do? Because every single penny going to elect Donald Trump is not, I think, a conversation of making sure that you have got the lawyers working. And by the way, why weren't they working in 2022? Why weren't they working in 2021? Why weren't they working the day after Inauguration Day? Why not? You got beat in 2020. You got your butt kicked. Didn't start doing anything. Didn't start moving anything. Didn't start training anything. Didn't start working anything. And then you're going to get mad at me? Look what they did again. What have you done to fix it? Oh, well, it can't be fixed. So you're just a complaining sot. Good Lord. Lara Trump uh, isn't the person for the job. It's more than the presidency. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Breaking news out of our nation's capital, where the Washington, D.C. police union is confirming that three officers were shot by a suspect early this morning. NBC's Gary Grumbach is there for us. Gary, what's the status of those injured officers? And do we know, has the suspect been caught? This began in the 8 a.m. hour here in southeast D.C. when Metropolitan Police officers were serving an arrest warrant to uh, an individual inside a home here in southeast D.C. He began shooting from inside the home towards the outside. We're told three officers were injured in this shooting. So that's the story out of D.C. As reported by MSNBC. Today in the press briefing... Corinne Jean-Pierre says, oh, crime in D.C.? Republicans. Does the president believe the nation's capital is safe for Americans from across the country to come visit? I mean, look, we, we hear the reports and see the data as well. Uh, and all violent crime anywhere is completely unacceptable, not just here in D.C. We're going to call that, them all out uh, in communities across the country. Everyone in every community in this country wants the same thing. They want their families uh, to be safe and uh, and not get into uh, uh, not get into um, you know politics on this. The president is wanting to make sure that communities feel safe, and we're not seeing that from congressional Republicans. We're just not. Uh, they continue to get in the way. The president has taken action. He he puts, he puts that in his budget every day, making sure that we uh, make communities safer. And we're just not seeing that from Republicans. And so we're going to continue to do our job here. Uh, we want Congress, uh, co- Republicans, congressional members to join us in that. And I'm going to leave it there. I'll see you all. It's Republicans who have made us unsafe. They know they're lying and they don't care. It's the Democrat mayors. It's the Democrat prosecutors who don't prosecute. The data is clear. This is Tony Katz today.
I want to ask you about Israel in a second, but just a quick follow-up just to put this to rest. Obviously, the House Intelligence uh, Chair speaking out about a imminent, or he doesn't say imminent, serious national security threat. The lack of your ability to say anything has the potential to raise distress for some Americans. In the simplest of terms, can you tell Americans that there's nothing they have to worry about right now in terms of what he describes as a national security threat? Look, I think in a way that question um, it is impossible to answer with a straight yes, right? Because Americans uh, understand that there are a range of threats and challenges in the world that we're dealing with every single day. And uh, those threats and challenges range from terrorism to state actors. And we have to contend with them, and we have to contend with them in a way where we ensure the ultimate security of the American people. I am confident that President Biden, in the decisions that he is taking, is going to ensure the security of the American people going forward. And I will stand here at this podium and assert that, look you in the eye with confidence, that we believe that we can and will and are protecting the national security of the United States and the American people. Perfect. Thank you for your answer. I just well, want that's, to a, that's a great thing to say. Let's find out. Tony Katz. 93. Nope. See, I almost got it wrong. This is Tony Katz today. I forget which show I'm doing sometimes. I do two of them a day. I do a morning show. I do a midday show, which is heard on uh, WGCL in Bloomington, WMUN in Muncie. And of course, uh, you've got uh, WIBC in Indianapolis and then weekends heard across uh, the country. This is about an issue that could lead to a destabilizing situation and a national security threat. That's how NBC News discusses it. All from a post from Chairman Mike Turner. Mike Turner is of the Intelligence Committee. He's the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. What is the threat? That is, of course, the question that's being asked. There is a conversation about how this is about Russian production capacity and how, yes, indeed... They plan on being a power that can threaten NATO. So the seriousness of the threat, as reported by Jackie Heinrich of Fox News, is grave, but the actual nature of the threat is not immediate. This is three to five years. So why a post like that? I mean, why, why the starter pistol in, in, in that regard? I think it's a, a, a fine question. Um, I don't have a good answer. I do not know why you would, you would make this statement. I do not know if it was even necessary. It would seem to me that maybe uh, not necessary. But all that said, if Russia is continuing to build out, to build up, to find ways to be uh, threatening to NATO, you got to be aware of it. 
This, of course, goes back to the idea of whether or not we should be funding Ukraine. The answer is yes. I know that some of us disagree. I can handle the idea that we don't fund Ukraine until we take care of the border. I don't have any arguments about that at all. At all. I'm totally good with that. But the idea that we think that Ukraine's not our problem, not our business, not our concern, well, that's just, that's just not factual. That is bad policy, kids. Bad, bad policy. This is what we know right now. This is where this information is at. This all broke in the last couple of hours. And we will see. We will see what we learn from this. Uh, we will see what, what members have seen uh, uh, of this classified information. Will Biden declassify to be able to engage a conversation? And what came to the desk of the Intel Committee? That, that you, you, you felt it was necessary to, to make this statement. That's the question that I have. It is Valentine's Day, and, and of course, we, we want to help here at uh, Tony Katz today. We want to help with last-minute Valentine's gifts. We want to help with how you're supposed to deal with a Valentine. Um, is, um, is someone being a little too demanding? How, how do you maybe get out of the relationship? Because you know that happens, right? Am I the only person who honestly uh, addresses these things? People get crazy, crazy about Valentine's Day. You didn't provide me this. She didn't do that. You didn't get me enough gifts. They weren't expensive enough. I, I, now, I, I admit, I always think of it in terms of the guy because I, I am one. And uh, I, I believe that if someone is saying, well, you got to get this, you got to get that, and you have to do this, you have to do that, that is not somebody you should be with. Just like I believe you do not buy jewelry for the person you want to be in a relationship with, you would buy it for the person you are in a relationship with. And if you cannot afford it, I think stretching to do so for Valentine's Day is weird stuff. And I think a pressure put on you by a so-called significant other, they shouldn't even be significant. They should just be other, as in go away. I don't know why people do this. I don't know why they um, put themselves in in these kinds of fights. So I, I want people to be able to take a look at their Valentine's Day and say this is worthwhile. I don't want them to look at it and say, this is nothing but abusive and force. I don't want you to be forced into doing anything. I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you and, and, and your spouse, you and your partner, you and your, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, to enjoy each other. That's what I want for you. But some people take this nonsense way too far. Way, 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 way too far. And I want to be the guy out there, you know, standing athwart Valentine's Day yelling, stop. You're not supposed to do that. Well, you have to celebrate Valentine's Day all week. No, no, you don't. No, you do not.
Valentine's Day in, in my life. It, it's it's weird. Uh, so I, my my father was born on inauguration day, and my mother was born on Independence Day. My grandfather died on Valentine's Day, which is a messed up thing to do. Um, but Valentine's Day is the date of my first date with my wife, thirty years ago today. True story. Um, she got me a card. What else was necessary? What other thing would possibly connect to 30 years? What, what, what was it going to be? The rarest cigars in the world? Oh, well, that would be very nice. Doesn't compare. What's, what size? Diamond. Or, or I don't know, pick, pick your stone would say this encapsulates the insanity, the ups and downs, the family that, that, that we've built for 30 years. If it's still about those things, I'm going to say to you, I think you're doing it very wrong. A gift, I don't think there's anything wrong with a gift. And if you can afford an expensive gift, I don't think there's anything wrong with an expensive gift. You want to get uh, someone you, you, you love, you adore, you care about a car for, for Valentine's Day? Knock yourself out. Not going to tell you no. If that's about you wanting to do a thing. If that is about them demanding a thing. Well then. You, you, you got to walk away from that. You got to walk away from that. It's like there are these videos, and I always assume that they're fake. Have you seen the videos of, I, I never see it with guys. I only see it with women. And I mean, I know, so sexist, yet here we are. Um, they'll get a car for their birthday or something like that. We got you a car. This is the one you want. It's a nice car. It is some nice high-end vehicle. But nope, nope, this one's in black, and I wanted it in gray, so take it back. This is terrible. Have you seen those videos? I, I cannot determine whether or not they are legit. I cannot determine if this is something that has really happened or it's something that's made... Um. Just, uh, you know, to, to try and get clicks. There's a part of me that believes that the answer is yes. Some of them might be totally made up. Some of them are totally real. Some people are totally like that. It's like the videos, oh, like, like, like I used to, the videos that I love, love are the Bridezilla videos. Oh, I love me a Bridezilla I could watch Bridezilla's all day. It is my guilty pleasure. Like Hardee's, or depending on where you live, Carl's Jr. That is my guilty pleasure food. Bridezilla's are my guilty pleasure TV. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. These absolutely terrible, miserable, angry, bitter women... Oh, who would ever want to be around them? Who would ever want to marry them? Don't they know that they're ridiculous? I, I can't get enough. I cannot. You just mainline it right into my veins. 
it is it is a spectacular well there are these videos now uh, and I've seen quite a few of them a guy comes home and says what is this bank statement that says you've got twenty thousand dollars in a bank account that I'm not on what what is this she goes into a conversation about how she has to protect her. What happens if she's she, if he leaves? She has to make sure that her and the kids are taken care of. She took the money out of the joint account and put it in her own account. Why would I be leaving? What do you do? Why are you doing this? And then it gets into, I don't care if you're happy. I'm not giving back the money. Now go back to work. Your job is to make the money. Go on. Go. And you're like, there's no way. There's no way that this is real. And you see that and you're like, there's no way that guy stays. There's no way that guy doesn't look at her and be like, bye, Felicia, and walks right out the door. There's just no way. I see these videos and I'm like, oh, I I, I again get the thing. Is this real? Is this real? Did someone just make this up? What is this? But you see enough madness about uh, people demands that people have. Oh, you got to do this. No, it's got to have that. That shouldn't be your Valentine's Day. And if it is, reconsider. Now you say to me, Tony, why are you breaking people up on Valentine's Day? It's a day of love. I think that people should be aware of when they are not in a loving relationship but an abusive relationship. Somebody who has demands, you have to get me this, you have to get me that, otherwise I won't be happy. And this isn't big enough, this is enough money. That's not loving. It's not decent. Why would you be in that relationship? And you say to me, Tony, I, I don't understand who would be in that relationship. But you and I both know that in a society that doesn't actually value men, you find guys who will allow abuse to take place, abuse to happen. Allow themselves to be abused and shamed because, well, uh, I'm in this relationship and therefore this is what I have to do. Um, no, 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 no. So I, I say this Valentine's Day, um, I, I only hope it's great. I hope it's wonderful. I hope it's enjoyable. I hope you have a great time. I hope there's a lot of love and enjoyment and, and all the good things. But if you find yourself giving, you're not really getting anything back in return. I'm not talking about gifts. I'm talking about like for your soul. No amount of giving will ever make it better. You're with the wrong person. And I'd like to see you with the right person. I'm Tony Katz. So yesterday, the Dow was a big, hot pile of mess. At one moment, it was down 700. It closed down over 500. 
That's how it went. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Right now, the Dow is up 53. The NASDAQ is up 130. And mortgage rates are up. The 10-year Treasury at 4.25. It was higher earlier today at over 4.3. Pushing interest rates to over 7%. I think uh, we we were hitting 6.8. But at this rate, we'll get to 7%. On a mortgage, which is not where you want to be. Not at all. But that's what happens when inflation is not under control. Because inflation is not under control. It's not. And so anybody thinking about rate decreases should just stop thinking about that, in my view. Because that's not coming. That's not happening. There will be no rate decreases. There's just going to be, well, this for a while. Does this mean stagflation? I'm not sure about that. That's something different. But this level of interest rates, which historically are not the highest, but compared to what we've had, oh, yes, definitely high. Yeah, this is where we are. I wouldn't expect to change for the next six months for sure. This is Tony Gatz today. And the crossroads of America. It's Tony Katz today. Regarding the border, you know, talk about the American people not being listened to. They are crying out to the Biden administration to secure the border. This is not a Republican issue. It's an issue for every single person, and everybody knows it. We know the stories of children being poisoned by fentanyl and cities being overwhelmed by migrant surges. We know House Republicans have shown that we are listening to and, and, and holding the administration accountable for this catastrophe. We're listening to the people. We're taking action to hold Biden accountable. Last night, the House voted to approve articles of impeachment against Secretary Mayorkas. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We had to do that. He has abdicated his responsibility. He's breached the public trust, and he's disregarded the laws Congress has passed. But, but much more has to be done, of course, to secure the border. And what the Senate produced this week is silent on that issue. Senator McConnell and I have spoken about this in frank sessions, and let me be clear here again this morning. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington to start showing some love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. You need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart. The question is, does that leadership involve this impeachment? I'm not opposed to it. I would only have asked the following question. What is the value that is provided by doing so? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. It's it's not your radio. It's a cold. Oh, brutal. Brutal. 
I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways to... I, I have had more colds in the past year than in my life. What am I doing wrong? And I'm like, is it allergies? And you're like, well, you know, the problem is vaccine. COVID vaccine, look what it's done to you. I ain't got none of that mRNA stuff in me, so I don't think that's it. But something's going on, and I got I to gotta be more proactive in protecting the pipes, baby, because this is how daddy gets paid. So, yeah, it's not your radio. It's just me. The question is, does the impeachment get you somewhere? Impeachment is a political move. And so when you're engaged in it, you have to ask, does it get you somewhere? You don't have to worry about things that are said by people like uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin. What exactly did they do? Uh, well, they cheapened the meaning of uh, impeachment. Um, they Even continued more. to shred the Constitution. Um, and I, I think they made themselves look very foolish, as even the Senate Republicans are conceding this morning, the ones you bump into or talk to. Um, you know, the, the impeachment is an extraordinary remedy for a president or another high official who engages in treason, bribery, or high high crimes and misdemeanors against the republic. It's not uh, a tool for trying to settle policy differences. The irony, of course, is that uh, there was a bipartisan compromise settling the the, uh, partisan policy differences and actually making real progress on immigration and the border. Jamie Raskin is not a voice that one should be trusting. A guy who was an impeachment manager regarding Trump Impeaching Trump the first time around is so ridiculous for a phone call. You people were crazy. And now you're going to tell us about when these things can be used? So there is a conversation about whether or not we agree with the concept of the fight. I do. And I do not think that makes me a populist. I think it is actually a very smart conservative message. One should not engage willy-nilly into things like impeachment. One should let Others know that they can't abuse you and you'll do nothing. The days of Bill Kristol are over. But populism is still not the answer. It's not the answer and it never will be. Smart policy. Policy that creates the maximum amount of liberty, which is about the people and not a person. That's always the answer. In the state of Idaho... Oh, this is a beaut. They have passed legislation that would ban public contracts for companies that discriminate against the gun industry. It's Senate Bill 1291. It it amends the Idaho Code to prohibit contracts with companies boycotting certain sectors and declaring an emergency and providing an effective date. What does all of that mean? The legislation prohibits public contracts, meaning government contracts, one would assume, with individuals or companies that are boycotting those that engage in or support the manufacture, distribution, sale, or use of firearms, and would require companies that contract with the state to disclose if their policies discriminate against the firearms industry. Now, one could make an argument that legislation like this would be preventing uh, 
someone from engaging in their free speech rights. If I provide widgets, I don't know, I'm in the widget business. You know me, you, I could be in the widget business. Are you questioning whether or not I can make a widget? I could make a widget. I'm like Jerry Seinfeld's father. You think I've never driven a Cadillac, Jerry? If I'm in the widget business, that doesn't uh, make a statement about whether or not I have the right to be opposed to X, Y, or Z. If you're telling me I'm not allowed to say certain things to have government contracts, well, then you're saying to me that I don't have my free speech. One could equally argue, well, Tony, we require things to work with uh, the government all over the place. They've got all sorts of rules and regulations and this and that and the other. This is a problem. You won't get me to disagree. The free speech conversation, I think, is a little bit lessened if you're going to say, hey, we work with the government, but we oppose a tenant of government, which is the right of the people to keep and bear arms as per the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. So if you're a company that has an opposition to the rights of American citizens, well then no, we can't work with you because we can't work with somebody who doesn't start de facto with protecting the rights of the citizenry or works proactively against it. I think that there's an argument there. The free speech argument is taken away by the idea that you're not engaged in free speech, you're engaged in the taking away of rights. You can say, I think we should have legislation about this, that, and the other. But the company might be something different. I go back the other way, and I say, is this a whole Citizens United thing all over again? Doesn't the company have the right to have a voice? And who is the government to tell me whether or not I can have this voice? I think it's fascinating. This is a fascinating bit of legislation because I don't know whether or not this is constitutional. I'm not so sure that you can tell somebody you contract with, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do the other. That's different than whether the government has to award the contract. See the difference there? I don't think you can make the statement. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do the other. I think you just, if they do X, Y, or Z, you don't give them the contract. That's that's the way it's supposed to go. I mean, it's the same thing with the whole decorating of a cake. I won't decorate a cake for a same-sex marriage. Why in the world would you come to me to have your cake decorated for a same-sex marriage? You only want to destroy me. It's a personal attack. You're a vicious, awful person. But why in the world would I want a cake from somebody who doesn't want to celebrate my marriage? How come the, how come the people who want the cake decorated never ask that? Is this the person I want decorating my cake? I, I wouldn't trust them to decorate the cake. Lord only knows what kind of fight club stuff is going to go into decorating that cake. But the idea that you would force them to do it, that's what's so evil. And that's what makes Colorado such an absolutely terrible place when it comes to these kinds of pieces of legislation. This Idaho thing is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. 
because I have to assume that if it passes, this is going to the Supreme Court. But is a piece of legislation like that actually populism? I don't think so. I think it is about a a confirmation that the citizens do have the right to keep and bear arms, and as a government, we're not going to bring people in who work proactively against the Constitution. That would be my that would be my argument. I have no idea if it would work. So Mike Johnson is letting you know that they're not going to move on anything regarding uh, the, the funding for Ukraine and Israel until we have a border deal. Mike Johnson it now has to deal with the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas and figure out how to make it work for Republicans. How does it get you more votes? How does it raise you more money? How does it create you more opportunity? That's what they have to do now because these things don't exist in, in, a, in a vacuum. How do they get you more votes? And this, on the heels of the special election, the seat that was held by George Santos until he was removed, and I always knew he was going to be removed, but, you know, the point that, you know, he was never actually convicted of anything, that's, you remove a guy before conviction, I think there is an argument there. we, We should be clear about that. So the Republican is out, there's a special election, the Democrat wins. Former congressman in that area, he wins razor-thin margin. So Republicans lose again. So that's why I take a look at the impeachment of Mayorkas and say, does this get you votes? Does this help you win in the future? Nikki Haley is having this conversation be a female president of the United States. The hard truth is it will either be me or it will be Kamala Harris. If you look at any of those general election polls, Trump loses to Biden. I defeat Biden. There was another Marquette poll that showed Wisconsin. I defeat Biden by 15 points. Trump can't defeat Biden. But even look at what happened last week. Trump loses the court case on immunity. They lose the bill on on Mayorkas. They lose the bill on Israel. And you have the RNC chair lose her job. That's all losing because Trump had his fingerprints on all of it. He lost in 2018. He lost in 2020. He lost in 2022. How many more times do we have to lose before we realize that he's actually the problem? And now you go and you look at what he did with the RNC yesterday. Now, when he tried to have the RNC name him the presumptive nominee and they wouldn't do it and he had to pull back, now he's going and changing out leadership so that it's somebody that he prefers and his daughter-in-law to co-chair. He's putting his campaign manager as the director. Are we going to let him just take over the party that's going to control the convention too? Hold up one second, Nikki Haley. That's a lot of Nikki Haley. Um. It was the convention, it was the RNC that said we should name Trump the presumptive nominee. And it was Trump who said, nope, don't do that. So don't spin that. That's nonsense. Um, Winning matters. Winning matters. You have to win. The Republicans have not won in 2018, 2020, or 2022, and they didn't win the special election in 2024. 
What's happening? It isn't support for Biden. I have got a story here. 11 of 13 independent voters choose Trump over Biden. The New York Times did a focus group. Independent voters around the country, very scathing remarks for President Biden. This in a focus group. Well, with most admitted they're leaning toward Trump, despite their own derisive assessments of him. Yeah, he's disgusting and terrible, but he knows where he is. Basically, the argument made. It's fascinating. That's fascinating because Nikki Haley's point is, if you look at the numbers, she is the one who beats Biden in those national races. Not Trump, and that's true. But that doesn't seem to move people. As a matter of fact, who are these people filling out these polls? The last two polls in South Carolina, the CBS News poll, 1,004 likely voters, Trump 65, Haley 30. The Winthrop poll, 749 likely voters, Trump 65, Haley 29. That's a 36-point spread. Haley doesn't win her own state. How in the world is she winning nationally? Well, it's simple. People who don't get polled in a Republican primary that's been all Trump all the time have a very different view of Trump than people who are on the side of Trump. How do you get Trump over a finish line? Well, you engage smart policies that make people think that Republicans have got it on the ball. So when I take a look at the impeachment of Mayorkas, which I will admit I don't oppose, the question I would have asked is, how does it help us win? It's not that Mayorkas isn't terrible. He is. How does it help us win? A question that the Republicans don't ask. They don't focus on. How do we win the presidency? How do we win the House? How do we win the Senate? How do we win governor's races? How does it help the brand win with America. I swear to you, I have no faith that they had that conversation about the Mayorkas impeachment at all. And it's not going to go anywhere. They're going to have a quick trial, and Mayorkas is going to remain. Now, will they go after Biden? Well, that's a totally different conversation altogether. I'm Tony Katz. is taking it on the chin. This is... I don't even know how you make this mistake. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything I do over at TonyKatz.com and become a supporter over there. I'd greatly appreciate it. Lyft, the ride-sharing service like, like Uber. So Lyft puts out its earnings and the shares started going through the roof. Lyft stated it would see margin expansion of 500 basis points, meaning 5% in 2024. So you're saying that Lyft, which has been having profitability issues, they're now all of a sudden going to be bringing in cash like it's their job? Holy cow! Now, misprint. The CFO, Aaron Brewer, 
said the figure was incorrect, even though it was also on a slide deck that they were showing people. The increase will be 50 basis points. Half a percent. So the adjusted profit margin as a percentage of bookings is 2.1%, which is up from 1.6. And the CEO is like, ah, that, that's, on, that's on me. That was a bad error. Oopsie. Oopsie. That is, uh, that's brutal. Now you got to wonder who sold some stock in that moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. That's the kind of thing you would expect from a pump and dump on Reddit. All of a sudden, we're back to GameStop stuff. 500. That's nutty. Senator Marco Rubio out with a statement along with uh, the chairman of the Senate Intel Committee, Mark Warner. The Senate Intelligence Committee has the intelligence in question, meaning this uh, post from Representative uh, Mike Turner about uh, a, a threat. He chairs the House Intelligence Committee and said, we have uh, this credible information about a, a threat and we need Joe Biden to declassify it so we can work on it. The Senate Intelligence Committee has the intelligence, intelligence in question and has been rigorously tracking this issue from the start. We continue to take this matter seriously and are discussing an appropriate response with the administration. In the meantime, we must be cautious about potentially disclosing sources and methods that may be key to preserving a range of options for U.S. actions. This is going to be the only story. Because Congressman Mike Turner just said to America and the world, be afraid, be very afraid. This is Tony Katz today. use of white uh, phosphorus by Israel on a recent attack in Lebanon? I mean, we look at reports that happen in all conflict situations all around the world. That's part of what we do to ensure our own compliance with international obligations. But I can't confirm any particular formal review of uh, the kind that you're referring to. That's Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor. It's kind of fascinating that... Biden's team still does have conversations speaking about, hey, just because this claim is made about Israel in its war with Hamas, this terrorist organization, doesn't make it true. You have John Kirby discussing Israel going to great lengths to not kill civilians. And then you've got President Biden saying that Israel is over the top. The mixed messaging is massive. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Congressman Jim Banks joins me right now. He is from the Indiana 3rd District. That's the Fort Wayne area. Serves on the House Committee on Armed Services, Education and the Workforce, and the Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. There's a series of things that I'd like to get to with you, sir. But the first, even though it has just come out, 
This statement from Congressman Mike Turner, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, stating uh, that the committee has made available to all members information concerning a serious national security threat and that he is asking President Biden to declassify everything related to it so the administration, allies, and others in Congress can have a conversation and figure out how to respond. Is there anything you know about this that you could share with us? Well, it, uh, first and foremost, it's classified. We've been invited to go into the SCIF and review, which I'll be doing later today. Uh, I don't know more. I don't know more than that. I know uh, Chairman Turner, Chairman of the Intelligence Committee, uh, is um, on the front lines of reauthorizing FISA, and that's a debate that we're having in Congress. I believe FISA needs to be significantly reformed uh, to uh, prevent from. Uh, those uh, laws being politicized in a way that they have over the last few years. But I, I don't know yet what the what the classified information that they are making available to members of Congress is, because I haven't seen it yet, but I will later today. But I, be, be, being classified is hard to hard to talk about it at this point. I believe the term that he utilized was to to declassify all the information. That's why I asked about it. But if if you have not yet seen it, you are going to be seeing it later today. That's right. Uh, we'll, we'll go see it later today. He's calling on the president to declassify it. The president has the, the power to do that. Uh, Congress doesn't. So if President Biden declassifies it, then it can be made read, readily available to the public. Obviously, if, if Mike Turner, uh, the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, believes that this is something that's really significant that members of Congress should see that could guide our decision-making about issues related to FISA or national security, all members of Congress should make time today to go see it. So what he's making available is the classified information that you would have to go to a skip for a specialized compartmented information uh, facility. These are the kinds of documents that Joe Biden had at his home in Delaware and no charges uh, being brought uh, against him. I will get uh, to that. But this does lead us to the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. It took two uh, bites at the apple to get this done. 214-213 vote, the first cabinet member uh, to be impeached, I think, since the 1870s. Was this about Mayorkas or was this about we can't get to Biden, we can't get away with that one, so this will do? Well, the buck stops with Joe Biden. And I voted yesterday, I voted last week to impeach Mayorkas. He deserves to be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors and aiding and abetting a foreign invasion of our country. But I do, I do agree, Tony, that it, for all the reasons that we're impeaching Mayorkas, we should be impeaching Joe Biden for those reasons, plus the corruption of his family, the abuse of his powers, using the FBI to cover up information about his son's crimes, um, all of the foreign entanglements that the Biden family has with the money that they've taken through Hunter and, and his activities. So my, my hope is that now we move into now that the Mayorkas impeachment is over, we move into the serious the more serious matter, and that's impeaching Joe Biden, the most corrupt president we've ever had in American history. We all understand that this is not going to move forward in the Senate where the trial takes place. The Senate is not going to remove him. And you have people like Congressman Jamie Raskin saying that this is the shredding of the Constitution. Those were uh, his words. And uh, that uh, the, the Republicans are simply unserious when they bring about these kinds of moves. Is this political or is this is, is it your belief that the American people, independents, moderates, the suburban soccer mom, etc., see this as something that he should be held uh, accountable for? 
Yeah. The, the, very, the very nature of, of all people, Jamie Raskin, making a claim like that when he was on the front lines of both of the Trump impeachments and the sham January 6th committee. I mean, the guy is a political clown. But put that aside, the open border at our southern border is the biggest issue affecting um, our nation today. And you have Joe Biden, Mayorkas, and this administration circumventing the rule of law, 10 million illegals invading our country, preventing the state of Texas from securing their own state border from this foreign invasion, drugs, crime, everything that's coming with it that will impact our country for a generation to come. So uh, the the seriousness of this issue and the, the fact that the House impeached Mayorkas, the trial in the Senate is mandatory. And this, I think this is a really important part of it, both for Mayorkas and when we move forward with impeaching Joe Biden, have the public hearing to present the facts in the United States Senate. And uh, I, there, there's going to be a lot of egg on the faces of those Democrats who voted to impeach Trump, but don't vote to impeach Mayorkas or even more importantly, Joe Biden in the future after that public trial makes all of these facts readily available to the public. I think that's the that's the really important part of it. The transparency of these hearings in the Senate are so important as we talk about how how we have to move forward to secure our country, secure our border and clean up the mess of the Biden administration. Allow me to push back just for a moment, sir. Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, candidate for Senate, Republican candidate in the state of Indiana. What egg, what face? I've watched the Democratic Party move uh, for years. They don't ever get embarrassed by anything. Adam Schiff stated that he had the information cold about things Donald Trump was doing with Russia and never presented it. And that man, sir, still has his committee assignments. Isn't the egg on the face of Republicans who let people like uh, like Adam Schiff, who let people uh, like bigot Rashida Tlaib or bigot Ilhan Omar continue on committees? Your uh, ire with the Republican Party is well-deserved, but the public hearing in the Senate uh, uh, over both Mayorkas and Biden, I think, are very very important for the American people to see it. You You can't censor that. It's public and transparent in a way that... Uh, all of the, all of this hasn't been as the mainstream media covers up for Joe Biden, as they censored the everything from the Hunter Biden laptop to the abuses of power since Joe Biden has been in office and what they've done to destroy this country by opening the border. That all becomes part of the public debate in a, in a hearing before the Senate. And I think it'll be, you know, of course, I'm not naive about this. The D- Democrats protect their own. They're not going to remove Mayorkas or remove Joe Biden, but at least they have to have a debate, a hearing about it, and they have to vote on it. And that's entered into the public record as we, um, as this as this country recognizes that we can't afford um, another year of Joe Biden, let alone another four years of the mess that they've created in this country. But I, I get it. I mean, your 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 frustration with the Republican Party, which has once again last night proven itself to be the stupid party, giving away yet another a seat in our majority to the Democrats after ousting George Santos, a big change of, of precedence in American history to oust a guy who wasn't even, who still yet today hasn't even been convicted of a crime. And we gave his seat away to Democrats because a few uh, New York Republicans couldn't explain why the guy was serving in Congress alongside them. Um, of course, that, that just, I mean, I, I understand your frustration, your ire with the Republican Party. It's well-deserved. But those public, transparent hearings about Mayorkas 
and Biden and those impeachment hearings, I think, are very important. But this is this is really the conversation, sir. How does this turn into winning? When you talk about George Santos being removed and Democrats never remove anybody, and then you have the former congressman uh, in in that area of New York, Democrat Tom Susie, uh, winning the seat, a very, very close race. Um, you know, uh, you have Speaker Johnson saying, hey, they spent $15 million. They had a known name. We had no, someone you never heard of before, and we made them spend money. This isn't the worst thing in the world. But it is a pretty bad thing. When we take a look at the impeachment of Mayorkas, has there been a conversation, a real political conversation of here's how it hurts us, here's how it helps us, is this the best decision to make? Uh, I believe it's important. I, I, I believe the, uh, politically and for the sake of our country, impeaching the cabinet secretary who is most responsible for destroying this country with a wide open border, that's a that's a a a, a, a well uh, well precedented vote that we cast last night to to impeach him. But that trial and that public, very public hearing in the Senate that will get a lot of attention over what's going on there. I, I, just, I just think it's really important, Tony, and, and do and the same with President Biden. The reason that we have to impeach President Biden is that so no president in the future can ever look back and say Joe Biden got got away with that type of corruption with his family profiting from our foreign adversaries selling access to his dad, the senator, vice president, president of the United States of America. There, there needs to be a marker planted in the ground and say, that's wrong, that's corrupt, that shouldn't happen, and that's why we should impeach him for it. Let me uh, move a little bit to the words of Speaker Mike Johnson. Humanize Mike. Sorry about that. Uh, Speaker Mike Johnson stating quite clearly that when it comes to the Senate aid package, the 90-plus billion dollars for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, he will not be jammed into voting for this thing. Disregarded the laws Congress has passed. But, but much more has to be done, of course, to secure the border. And what the Senate produced this week is silent on that issue. Senator McConnell and I have spoken about this in frank sessions, and let me be clear here again this morning. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington to start showing some love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. You need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart. So he's saying that the $95 billion passed by the Senate, aid that I'm in favor of, because I do believe in supporting Ukraine with bullets. I do believe in supporting uh, uh, Israel with, with, with missiles. I just don't think that this should be looked at as a jobs package. And when Democrats do that, like Representative Crow and others, I find it despicable. But he is saying that the House will not vote on this until there is border legislation. Am I hearing him correctly? Yes, and I I couldn't be happier with uh, Mike Johnson's leadership on this on this note. No no more money for Ukraine, and you can I, I understand your position on Ukraine, Tony, but it betrays the American people when we have a wide open southern border. We haven't funded the wall. We haven't secured the border. But now we're in the hundreds of billions of dollars that we've sent to Ukraine to take care of their, those issues without taking care of our own. And, and Mike Johnson is unequivocal in it. And, and House Republican majority, we stand, we, we stand on the side of the speaker with 
securing the border first before we focus on the Ukraine issue. This this bill that passed out of the Senate is $62.3 billion for Ukraine uh, out of the $95 billion, not a cent for our own southern border, another $14 billion for Israel, which is really important. And the House has passed aid to Israel over to the Senate. They haven't taken it up with offsets to to pay for it um, because they 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 are so religiously focused on Ukraine without focusing on putting America first, bankrupting our own country without securing our own border. And the House Republican, the House Republican majority, even at this point with a two seat Republican majority, we stand unified and firmly against those efforts to uh, that, that, that don't do anything for America, but help uh, other countries instead. Before I, I let you go, sir, uh, a question about your Senate race. You're a candidate for Senate in the state of Indiana, a Republican, uh, and you're, you want to be the Republican nominee. And there's been a very large back and forth about somebody running against you and whether they can be on the ballot. Uh, John Rust and whether he has a, actual eligibility and it's in front of the, the Indiana Supreme Court uh, right now. Uh, regardless, uh, there are ads that run on my home radio station, WIBC in Indianapolis, that specifically discuss the border. And from those ads, you would think that you, Jim Banks, are personally driving illegal immigrants across the border and teaching them how to destroy America and giving Trump the finger on the wall. This is... Go ahead. No, you go ahead, sir. These ads are completely false. And the more people will learn about John Rust, my... A prospective opponent, the more they won't buy into anything the guy says. I mean, they're they're complete lies. I mean, I, this is the reason that Donald Trump has endorsed me over him and told him to to back off and and quit using his names in ads because John Russ is a lifelong Democrat. He voted for Obama Biden. He he's he's not a a Republican conservative uh, fighter for our country. He's been on the side of the Democrats for most of his life, and that's why he wasn't. That's why he had to sue the state to strike down the laws to be eligible to get his name on the ballot because he's a Democrat. Um, he should be running as a Democrat, not a Republican. So my, my record speaks for itself, strong on the border, strong on national security, strong fiscal conservative pro-life uh, leadership in the House of Representatives. I led the largest conservative caucus in the House, and I'm running for the Senate because the Senate needs more conservatives who are going to put America first and uh, fight for this country, put, put the interests of this country over the interests of other countries around the world. That's what I'm, well, I'm going to do when I get to the Senate and fight alongside uh, President Trump to get it done. Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So what is this threat that Chairman Mike Turner is talking about from the House Intel Committee? I don't know. Is this about Russia having some level of uh, new capacity, new growth in weapons? Or is this about hypersonics? What is uh, what is this about? I don't know. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. What I do know is that this is going to be the talk of the town. And if this is nothing more than a tool to try and get the House to pass uh, funding Ukraine and, and Israel, well, that shouldn't work. I'm not opposed to funding them, but you got to do the border first. Do the border first. No matter what the threat, the threat is on the southern border, and that threat has to be dealt with 
first. I didn't know why we would think of it in any other way. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.